Hello to all of our listeners. I'm very excited for you to hear today's episode featuring our very special guest, Emmanuel Tampin. But I wanted to tell you very quickly that my Behind the Lens course series is back. And we're doing something very different from previous courses I've taught. We are doing a live workshop in my Midtown studio. The workshop will take place on Saturday, September 24th. It's a full day with me. It's live. It's interactive. I'll be demonstrating and teaching still life photography skills. This will be applicable for anybody using nothing more than a window light and an iPhone and to people who are interested in learning about and investing in strobes, DSLR cameras, etc. You can learn more by following a link that we're going to list below in the description and on my website, www.alansimich.com. Dude, literally every week. Yes. It says a long cold open. And yes. I put your name next to it so you'll come up with something. But I don't. Do you like pearls? <laughs> pearls? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I never did any pieces with pearls. Yeah, but actually with I the Tahiti wondering. project, I will I will go. I Also, I can add, I will visit some pearls farms. Oh, uh, cool. Like ecological okay. ones and the last. So, and I will use pearl. That'll be exciting. Because yeah, I never did something with pearls. So. <gasps> Breaking news here on, on Jewelry Week podcast. <laughs> right? <got> scoop. <laughs> is this our yeah. cold open? Yeah, this is it. Okay. Don't don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did all that. <laughs> Welcome all right, to Rough but, Cut. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Rough Cut. I'm JB Jones. I'm Alan Simich. And thank you for joining us here. Today, we have Emmanuel Tarpan. I probably didn't say that as beautiful as either of my guests will say that, but we're really excited to have you here. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about Emmanuel. His resume, already distinguished at a young age, began at the school in Gen- at a school in Geneva, then three years in the Parisian workshops of Van Cleef and Arpels, and he launched his own brand in 2017. In 2019, De Grisogonio, did I say that right? The Grisogono. Thank yeah, right. you. Grisogono. Um, the Swiss jeweler, who we all know and who I can't pronounce, um, announced that Tarpen was going to be their first of an annual artist in residence. Today, the jeweler keeps a rooftop garden in Paris and a place in New York. Um, and we're excited to have you here. Sorry? And we're excited to have you here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm very excited as well. So today we're going to talk about inspiration, everybody. That's the topic. That's today's topic. Um, and I wanted to start with the fact that jewelry, I think, in and of itself is so inspiring. And that's part of the reason it's so powerful and such a, you know, ins- inspiring art form versus, you know, I mean, look, we're just going to pretend jewelry is the best art form out there while we're on this podcast. But it definitely, I think, is one of those things that holds uh, so much inspiration for many of us. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, I think that's definitely true uh, because for me, jewelry is in real art, like a way of expression. Uh, I always say that jewelry for me is like sculpture to wear in a way mm. because it's all this craftsmanship, this idea of design. And uh, yeah, so definitely. And I'm also an art collector. So I, oh. for me, it's like a painting, a photography, a sculpture, and jewelry. Everything is art. Yeah, I definitely think your pieces are works of art for sure. Thank you. <laughs> They're incredible. Um, and what do you think? What do you think about this, Alan? 
I think this is great. <laughs> That's my contribution <laughs> okay. today. I, I'm personally curious. How did you get into jewelry specifically? Um, so I have a passion for gemstones since my childhood. Mm-hmm. Look, so I have a huge collection of rough gemstones. Mm-hmm. And also I practiced sculpture during 14 years. So on clay. So I always wanted to do something with my hand, actually. And I really needed, had this need to create. Mm-hmm. And that's how it came step by step. Then and I do, you s- at, do you still make all of the jewelry by hand yourself? So I continue to do like all the maquettes myself. Uh-huh. I love to do wax carving, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to draw, but I also love to have this 3D vision of the jewelry. So I work very close to the workshops about the 3D. I do the maquettes, then we talk, we choose about the materials. It's true. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, you use really interesting materials. A lot of your work is ceramic. And how did that come about? So um, I'm very curious in general, mm. and I love to discover new materials, to discover new techniques, because there's so many different techniques in jewelry, mm. actually. And I, I'm really focused about the colors, the textures, the volumes. And with all these materials, there is so many opportunities and so many many experiments that we can do that I yeah. think it's I just love to try. Yeah. And I mean it seems I think what's so wonderful about your work is the material is one of the main sources of inspiration for you just discovering how you're going to use these unique of materials, course. right? Because every time so I do only one of a kind mm-hmm. uh, jewelry pieces and every time for the new piece it's totally a new story. It's new experiments. So we have to try. It takes a lot of time quite often. Yeah. Which is exciting. I was going to ask you about time. You probably can't like tell us how long a piece would take. But you, I mean, walk us a little bit through the process. Do you sketch first or when you see something, take a photo? How does the how does the source of inspiration start? So it really depends. But uh, my way of working is quite very spontaneous. So mm-hmm. I'm like walking in, in the street or in the forest or in an art exhibition, and I will see something that inspires me. And so quite often I will do a quick sketch. I always have like a notebook and a pencil with me Mm, to do drawings. And uh, so I start with a quick sketch. Uh, Then very fast I will try to do a 3D maquette in paper or wax or like, I don't know. I don't care about the material, but I I need to create like something in 3D to have this vision. And then at the same time, I will know exactly which materials I will use, which colors of stones I want. So it's quite really spontaneous, very direct. That's so interesting. Is that how you generally operate? You'd like take a walk in the woods and maybe you see something and... That can be like that, definitely. And sometimes also uh, the inspirations can come from the stone directly. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I can just find a stone for sale that I really like Mm. and I will really fall in love with these stones and the stone will inspire me a shapes around it. Yeah. And so the starting point can be the stones. Sometimes it's really the inspiration about what I saw and sometimes it can be directly the material itself like the stone. Yeah. And so you're very, we know you're very inspired by nature and I mean, it's very visible in, in a lot of your work, but when you were a kid, did you think about jewelry as an option? Oh yeah, because as I said, I really loved like gemstones already and I traveled a lot with my family. So Mm. I discovered so many different cultures, so many different countries and Yeah, so about the stones always and about the jewelry, because I remember myself as a kid, like reading a lot of books about jewelry, 
So yeah. it was, it's always yeah. been about jewelry, gemstones, and the study of sculpture. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you were at Van Cleef and Arpels. I mean, that's one of the... Yeah, because, so I love jewelry from the inspiration to the final piece. Okay. So for me, it was essential, like, to know all the different steps. And there is a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it's good to to be inspired and to to put the idea on paper, on 3D. Mm-hmm. But there is so many technical aspects in jewelry that I really wanted to work in the workshop to know exactly how all the craftsmanship yeah. about that, especially in hydro. It's really special right. and very precise. And actually, it's it's so interesting. What was it? What is it like in their workshop? Can you talk about this experience? I mean, it's really intense yeah. in a, in a good imagine. way because as I said it's really precise like really really mm-hmm. precise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, there is special setting like the Certi Mysterieux we said a mysterious setting okay. uh, which is special from Van Cleef and Arpels and I worked only on one of a kind pieces because I was in the iJewelry workshop oh, which wow. is the mo- I mean for me the most interesting yeah. because each piece is really different you can see amazing stones really big ones, amazing quality. So yeah. actually it was the best school to learn all the craftsmanship. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. And then after, yes. what, you were there seven years? Uh, seven so years? I stayed at the workshop during a bit four year, around four, four years. years. Okay. And then, so I, it was really interesting, as I said, to know all the craftsmanship, but I was a bit frustrated to not create my own pieces. Mm. Um, and so I just... I just wanted to try and to try to build my own business yeah. and to to express myself yeah. a bit more. So it just started like that. I'm I can't be really stuck. I love to evolve and to try things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did. I love Thanks. that you're talking about the importance of process too and of sort course. of the technical aspects of it. It's it's a very much one thing to have an idea and to have that kind of creative impetus but it's a very different thing to actually be able to execute a thing in that way on a high level and it's so essential like to have a good dialogue between the designer and all the jewelers at the workshop Mm -hmm. because i mean you could definitely ask for something that it's not possible to make Mm -hmm. so it's good when you know all the techniques what it's possible when it's when what it's not and it's I, I love to have good relationship with my providers, the jewelers, with everyone actually. It's yeah. all about connection and good relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we always when young jewelers will ask Bella and and I about entering the field, we always say work for someone else so you learn what to do, but also what not to do, right? Which I think is often an important lesson to learn. Like as to well. work from someone else. Yeah. Just like a big brand or yeah. I think to it's get that experience. It's really important because so I studied in the High School of Art and Design in Geneva, which is a really beautiful school, but it was more really about design in general. Mm-hmm. I was in the jewelry and watch accessory design. Okay. So we had a lot of uh, session of story of jewelry, story of art, but it was not really a lot about craftsmanship. Mm. So uh, that's why I really wanted to work and in, in a workshop to learn all of that. Yeah. And actually to to know mm-hmm. everything about jewelry. Yeah. That's true in every industry there. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what I would be doing right now if I didn't have the experience of working for somebody like a Steve McCurry in his studio and that yeah. sort of thing. So I it's the same thing we say to kind of my photo assistants yeah. and interns that we have in my studio too. It's like you learn about process. Yes, you learn a lot about 
what yeah. not to do as well. What is something you learned not to do from your experiences working for other people? And we don't have to name which company. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. But what have you learned not to do? I mean, about technical aspects, there is several things not to do about, like, for example, stones or, um, or techniques at some points. Uh, but then I don't have few examples. <laughs> That's okay. No pressure. Okay. Well, when you no work pressure. with somebody I mean, like... Actually, a... I did a lot of mistakes when I was at the workshop there uh -huh. uh, because you have to be very careful with some techniques. Sometimes it's a bit dangerous. Um, and mm -hmm. I, yeah. I broke some stones. But not because, no, I was going to say, you probably broke sure. stones. The, that everyone seems does. normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but when you're like having a 40 carat emerald <laughs> you don't want to break it so. no you don't yeah. oh no i hope you didn't okay. break a 40 no, 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 emerald no, 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 no. someone else did oh, god. <laughs> oh my god yeah that seems treacherous well let's talk let's flip the narrative for a second and talk about your work i think is very inspiring to both the wares but also to young designers um because it's it's so beautiful and certainly you're, while you're wearing it's it's a it's a work of art but also just sitting on a table it's a work of art do you think about that work and i'm curious uh to you as well alon do you guys think about oh this will inspire someone else when you're making it or does the thought process not really go that far i don't actually i don't really think about that when i design mm -hmm. i'm really glad that mm -hmm. if it inspires other people mm -hmm. but um Maybe it's a bit selfish, actually. I, when, I, when I work, I'm really thinking about my inspiration. As I said, it's really spontaneous, very direct. And so I just, it's just a need to express myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why also it takes so much time because mm -hmm. when you have a special idea, you mm -hmm. will look for it like a yes. long time. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the same for me. I'm always more interested in impressing myself. Yeah, <laughs> and pushing myself to I mean, do it's something. A challenge. That, yeah. Every piece is a challenge, which is the exciting point. Exactly, but mm. I will say to that point that I've—I don't know how many clients I've had when we're talking about specifically high fine jewelry and having those conversations on set during yeah. shoots. How many times Emmanuel's uh, name comes up as a reference oh, point for you. people <laughs> saying that you know I hope to be able to do work that. On that, that scale, caliber, on that level, yeah. of that caliber at some point. And these are people who've been in the industry much, but that's much the best longer compliment. than you. That's yeah. the best compliment, actually. And it's so so cool to know that your work inspires some people, some Absolutely. other people, and that people create a real story about one piece. And mm -hmm. that's always... Yeah. Is How do you feel about people implying their own sort of story onto your work do you think about when you make a piece like oh when someone sees this i hope that they feel this or I of hope. course i mean like for example all my clients when they buy a piece from me it's because it's a crush like they fall in mm, love with the yeah, piece and so I that means that. it speaks to them <laughs> yeah. which i think it's it has to be like that this way um Jewelry, as I say, is like a piece of art, so it has to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then it's not a piece for you. That's it. Yeah. And uh, and also, so I do one of a kind pieces, and sometimes I just create pieces without any orders. Like I'm just inspired, and I will say, okay, I will sell it after, mm -hmm. in the, in time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have special orders, and so I meet some clients, and they will speak about them, hmm. their story, their life, and that can be very inspiring. 
Mm. Yeah. And then we create special order for them. Oh, cool. So, do you have freedom when you do orders like that to oh, yeah. kind of go where you want? I mean, yeah, because when people comes to me, they know exactly what kind of they know your aesthetic. Design. They exactly. know what they're they going know my to aesthetic get. And, oh, um, and they respect also the jewelry work. Mm-hmm. And so they want my point of view, actually, my style mm-hmm. in yes. the jewelry. So they will respect that. But it's always inspiring when they tell me about their story or just inspirations what they like yeah it's always interesting to to that's also why i do only like uh appointments why one by one Mm -hmm. with clients because i want to know them and uh it's needs to have a good connection between both yeah i think it's essential Mm -hmm. because the piece of jewelry will be special so the connection between the designer and the, the customer that has to be yeah special as well yeah definitely it that's a i mean just because we're talking about the theme of inspiration that's such a beautiful relationship right like you become inspired by them and then you give them back this piece that will probably inspire them for their lifetime and then their children after that like that's right. really exciting exactly. because jewelry quite often stay in the family yeah and so yeah there's a full story about jewelry especially yeah. high fine jewelry like yeah that. and that one of a kind yes. that's also why i do only one of a kind because we are all unique and special so mm-hmm. you don't want to see the same piece on the another man or woman no. yeah. do you think yeah. in those terms though do you think about being somebody who makes pieces that are going to be inherited and do you think about kind of the longevity of a design like that or no like how sorry like passed on from mother to daughter or oh. something like that so i believe in that i mean i know so there's some families sometimes they want to sell they don't but mm. also sometimes i have some clients for example who brings me jewelry for from the family from mm-hmm. the grandmother or something mm-hmm. and they're like so i don't like the design but maybe we could add something or change a bit to make it more modern mm-hmm. but respecting the first design mm-hmm. which is also very inspiring very interesting mm. because it respects yeah. that it's a piece from the family but you give some use mm. to to the design yeah. which is really really inspiring and it can be about, about stones or like a real piece can you talk about one of your favorite pieces that you've made? Okay, I don't have... Is this a... too much pressure? <laughs> have... We didn't prepare this. I don't really have one favorite. I I mean, I like all the pieces I create. Mm-hmm. I well, could I not... I could, so. uh, yeah, but well, I, 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 I so. could not, like, give a piece which I'm not proud yeah. of. Mm-hmm. So That's each good. piece yeah. is, is special, and there's a story behind each piece. Yeah. Oh, I love point. that. I love that you love them all the same. <laughs> but they are all very different. Yeah. That's good. So how many pieces do you usually make a year? It, it's really depending, but um, I would say around 40. 40. Oh, much. wow. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is the smallest one. There's the big ones. It really yeah. depends, but around that, that much. Okay. Well, let's talk about something you're going to be working on soon. You are going to Polynesia. French Polynesia, right? French Polynesia to uh, study the coral reef, right? So, yeah. I'm... Tell us everything about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we said, nature is a big inspiration for me. Um, I'm, I'm from the French Alps, so I always have been surrounded by nature, beautiful mm. landscape. Mm-hmm. And so I always have been very involved in nature, environment, preservation. I did that with wolves, with birds, so with several mm-hmm. ways. And even the flowers, some wild orchids. Yeah. Um, and uh, there is this organization which name is Coral Gardener in French Polynesia in Moria Island. Okay. And so it's a wonderful organization. Um, and they 
replant the coral they are recreating the coral reef in Moria mm-hmm. and it's quite exceptional their work yeah. and I really wanted to help them so I I will go to Moria in September to work with them during a month like replanting coral like they will teach me about the coral about everything there it's fascinating and uh, and so I will help them rebuilding the coral yeah. reef and we'll go to school to speak to children so that's interesting and i really wanted to create a link between jewelry and environment mm-hmm. because as i said it's a big inspiration for me so i want to preserve it mm-hmm. um and the idea is to create one-of-a-kind jewelry pieces okay. as i'm already doing and inspired by the sea world um and the benefits of the pieces of the pc yeah. sales will go directly to the organization to help them in their work So that's really amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's extraordinary. That I is. will show you some pictures. There's some impressive one. There's like coral nursery under the, the, wow. under the water. That's you have really to send beautiful. us all of those. Yeah. We want to see. Yeah. I mean, it's just fascinating to think that they're rebuilding a coral yeah. reef. It seems like. How oh, yeah, would you even? Yeah, and it works even... really well. It's yeah. really impressive. That's it. So how did this come about? Did you reach out to them? So, yeah, we, we were talking since a long time. And okay. as I said, I love nature and I love to dive. So I travel mm-hmm. all around the world to dive. Yeah. Um, and you and hike too, right? Oh, yeah, I, I read. You're like, yeah. wow, very sporty. <laughs> very sporty. <I> <laughs> For a jeweler, very sporty. Very sporty. But I mean, it's my source of inspiration. So, yeah. and I'm very, as I said, I always travel a lot with my family since my childhood, mm-hmm. all around the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm just continuing that. Yeah. Because Where in the French Alps are you from, by the way? Um, so the name of the, uh, the place is Annecy. It's nearby Geneva. Uh-huh. But in in France, yeah, I grew up in Lindau, but on Bodensee, on Lake Constance, as they say here in the states. Uh So I have fond Alpine memories myself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's truly beautiful. It's very beautiful part of the world. Yeah, Um, where I come from, there's beautiful lake. There's amazing mountains, and it's really the best way of living, actually. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, this project is extraordinary. Yeah, I'm very curious about it. Yeah. And September is the perfect time, actually, because there is all the whales at this period in French Polynesia. So oh I can't God. wait. Oh, that's going to be so amazing. So we'll see what kind of jewelry pieces. You have to take a ton of pictures. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah, do you have, as you approach a project like that, do you have ideas in mind of like what the material might be or what you'd like to make or you just leave it I until you get there? prepare it before that mm. much. Uh, as I said, it's really more spontaneous. Okay. But I'm already starting about some pieces. I'm working right now on a jellyfish brooch oh, with cool. carved rock crystal. Okay. So that will be interesting. Yeah. I'm yeah. Again, so new excited. materials because I, it's the first time I work with rock crystal. So it's yeah. it's all carved to create like the head of the jellyfish. Amazing. Oh my so God. I'm I love to a... challenges like that. Yeah, I'm such a jewelry geek. Like, I'm like so excited to see <laughs> just knowing all the things you've made and all the like Thank collections you. you release. I mean, you don't you don't seem to release a collection in the like general term. You kind of have phases of yeah, what you're interested e- in. Exactly, and as I said, it's only one of a kind, and I never like present a full collection at the same yeah. time mm-hmm. because Why I don't want to be I don't want to be stuck with one theme mm-hmm. or something because I can think about the jellyfish at one moment and then to think about mm-hmm. an Alp uh, something from the Alps just one month before. So I don't want yeah. to be stuck in one theme during a period or something. Mm-hmm. Right. I prefer to keep most freedom as I can. 
that's mm-hmm. great. Because so, you never know an inspirational yeah, story, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. The inspiration just comes yeah. like that. As I said, it can be in the street, in the museum, or in the nature, so it's really, it can be, yeah. I mean, every second, so. I love that. And I, I think, too, for today's day and age, and I, I think for all of us, whether you're a maker or a consumer, like that idea of not being tied down to something is really appealing, mm-hmm. especially after the last two years, three years, three years, right? four years, five years, years, ten years. I don't even know this. How was the pandemic for you? Like, I mean, I know we're talking about inspiration, but how did this affect? Did that your stifle work? your creativity, yeah. or did you use that time to go to new places? So I don't didn't really appreciate the pandemic time um, with Mm. all what happened of course it was really sad and to be stuck at home in Paris was an experience actually I think like everyone Mm -hmm. Um, there was places to be stuck than at home in Paris (laughs) and uh, no I was lucky enough to have um, materials to work with to work on my maquette so Mm. as an ex-jeweler really at the bench I I still have all my tools at home so I was able to really work myself uh, on the craftsmanship to do the maquettes, to keep yeah. ideas. But that was a bit frustrating, of course. Yeah. Of course. Because it was impossible to do the pieces, like to yeah. like all of them and to the final step. Of course. I was stuck like with the maquette and Do you have a big team that you typically work with? No, not really. I, I don't work with a lot of people. I as I said for me like the stones providers the jewelers and the clients for me it's like a family yeah. so i want to keep it close and to really build relationship and trust yeah so that's why i don't work with several people okay do you make jewelry while you're here in new york do or i make, make jewelry here in new york as well or if i make no yeah. no 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 the only workshop in paris, in paris yeah, yeah okay you're like no exactly. no because <laughs> you, know, you know i'm i'm 80 percent in paris and 20 percent in new oh, york okay. and i need to be quite close to the jewelers i'm always behind them checking with them on the materials the techniques the colors mm-hmm. so i want to keep this very close relationship yeah and i'm not enough in new york to have that yeah i'm personally curious given that so much of uh kind of the attention that you've garnered and the press that you've gotten when you sort of launched onto the scene and became bigger and bigger has always been about you being a sort of young wunderkind and <laughs> having, uh, you know, the sort of uh, some sort of extraordinary ability at a very early age. Do you feel uh, any kind of pressure given that? Not, not Do you feel the really... pressure to continue to perform every time or... Actually, it doesn't affect the creative aspects. No. Because actually, when I have inspiration, when I create, I'm like a child. Like, definitely Mm -hmm. like a child. Uh, Because I have this very innocent vision of creating. Mm -hmm. It's really when I create. It's Mm -hmm. special. And about the press... communication and everything I'm, I'm not a professional at all and i don't have any PR you're doing great I, today i mean i don't have any <laughs> i don't have any pr team or marketing team working mm-hmm. with me i'm totally mm-hmm. by myself mm-hmm. because i i just prefer to focus on the creation aspects and really the the pieces than the rest i love that mm. description because i always think of it as a kind of playmateship you know, when but, you're yeah. on set mm-hmm. and you're working with other creatives, especially, and for you, your clientele, there's always a kind of play. But I wanted to make something the simplest as possible. It's mm. my way of working. Maybe is a bit naive, but 
I love to keep it this way. Mm-hmm. Like to not build too many things around because I want to focus the creation to meet the people in the most simple relation possi- as possible. Mm. Yeah. No, that's to keep wonderful. something very pure and no filter. Yeah. It definitely comes through, I think, in your work, that like really authentic connection. And there's an element of play there as well in all of your pieces. There is a kind of exuberance Mm -hmm. and and a playfulness and a kind of joy expressed. Yeah, sometimes there's actually some humor in my pieces, of course. Exactly, yeah. Like create some ants, uh, brooches, for example, and small insects. Those are cute. It was really funny. It's very small. And and the clans love to play with them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I love when there's this playful idea. Yeah. That's true. Well, I think, too, staying so focused on the final product and the piece of art, that really keeps the audience focused on that as well. It's like you're letting the work speak for itself, and it does. Mm -hmm. And that is timeless, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Suka Jewelry is a jewelry brand created by gemologist Sabria Kapoor, who is a very dear friend of mine. She focuses on fine and sterling silver jewelry designed for daily wear. Her store is located at 241 Rock Road, Glen Rock, New Jersey. Supriya doesn't just sell and design incredible jewelry. Her shop also provides custom designs, jewelry appraisals, repairs, and cleaning. Supriya also provides production services for other designers in her family-owned production facility. And on top of all of that, and I don't know how she finds the time, she is an incredible human being who gives back to her local community on a regular basis, raising funds and food drives all through the pandemic and continues to do so to support her local community. So when you shop at Zuka Jewelry, you're supporting not just a shop, not just an individual, but an entire community. So please check out Suka Jewelry. We've got a link listed in the description below. You can reach out to her directly and learn more about everything that they do through her website and also check her out on Instagram. Do you have um, ambitions to change the way that you do business? Do you see yourself in the future trying to scale the business, maybe putting out collections or something like that, thinking in a more commercial way? I don't think so. (laughs) Clearly, I'm I'm feel now very lucky the way i work so i want to keep the most uh, like really the same way you like to be a boutique yeah and I, I, no as i said i love to take time mm-hmm. to make the phone to make the piece and also to meet the client so it's like as i said to build mm-hmm. this kind of connection and to stay focused on creation i think it's essential to not be looking for bigger and bigger and to uh, extend more Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to create big collection to have a lot of shops mm-hmm. in different countries. It's not what I'm looking for. I want to keep it special. I want to uh, take the time for all my clients and for all the pieces. Because I respect the clients, of course, and I respect the jewelry work. That's wonderful. Yeah. I wish more jewelers thought that way. I Everybody know. wants so to be majority, you know. That's the thing. <laughs> <Majori>. <laughs> we keep bringing them up uh, on the show. Jesus. Yeah. No, it's true. But that's, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I love that way of operating. I think a lot of people nowadays appreciate uh, that process as well, because I think we're all much more conscious of uh, the resources we use, the materials we use. And I think we all mm-hmm. look for, I think people are very much over, well, those who can afford to be mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. fast fashion and those sorts yeah. of things. 
And we're all looking for something that's a little bit more crafted right. and special and meaningful. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. But I feel very lucky because I'm, I mean, I can do what I want. So, mm -hmm. so that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I'm very free in my creation. And that's, that's, I think that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. For any creator. Definitely it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you talked a little, I mean, we obviously know about you, your inspiration with the outdoors, right? When you work in a studio or at your home or on your rooftop garden in Paris, <laughs> do you, is that environment an important part of, of your inspiration and your process, like making sure it's an inspiring environment or whatever it may be? Oh, definitely. Everything surrounding me is really inspiring. Yeah. Um, I love collecting art, furniture. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a terrace in Paris and I put plants everywhere. It's a bit of jungle. Oh but it's, it's... I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> special, you can come. And so all of that is inspiring, of course. That's cool. It's so really let's talk a little bit about you being a collector. You collect art. Do you collect jewelry as well? Um, so not, not really jewelry. Okay. I can collect some gemstones. Mm -hmm. okay. Not really jewelry yet. You're hardly think... wearing any yourself. No, no, either. not that much. Yeah. yeah, I love to collect um, art, co more contemporary art and okay. furniture. I love furniture as mm. well. Okay. Do you do a lot of shopping for furniture and art when you're in New York? It's really special. I, I, actually, I came to Tefaf. There was beautiful things. Yeah, and one, beautiful. There was one gallery I really love, which is Downtown Gallery, La Fanour mm -hmm. Gallery. Mm -hmm. And they have amazing pieces of Perriand, Prouvé, Jeanneret. Yeah. And it's mm. so beautiful, so inspiring. Mm. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, that was a great show. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I feel like everyone should go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad is a furniture maker. Really? Yeah. Oh, I my dad that. is a Serbian Marxist and makes furniture. He's like something out of a novel. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he's really amazing. His work is beautiful. I'm sure. Yeah. Ah. Okay. But uh, I'm curious for somebody like you. Sorry to cut you off, Jim. Oh, no, I go hope I didn't. I'm, yeah. <clears throat> wait, what? I hear it. <laughs> I'm always curious because I go through these periods myself i have my kind of ups and downs mm -hmm. and uh like i like to think like many creatives or at least this is the excuse that i give to myself is that we kind of go through these wild swings of periods where you know i hate everything i've ever done i don't know why i'm doing what i do <laughs> you know and i feel i feel no sort of love towards the work i feel completely uninspired and i always go through these kinds of peaks and valleys and for me what it takes to get out of that is to sort of be surrounded by my peers who are really talented creatives and that tends to kind sure. of pull me out of a rut how do you handle the the valleys so i felt quite the same mm -hmm. and it was really interesting because i used to travel a lot so to stay at home mm -hmm. was interesting but then I had to work in a different ways mm -hmm. without seeing so many things that I was used to. But actually, actually, it helped me like maybe to focus and to take more time on a few things mm -hmm. from home, mm -hmm. like taking more time about drawings, about thinking about future pieces. So it was just also the occasion like to just stop and breathe mm -hmm. and think a bit deeper about creation and process. Mm -hmm. You have talked about how you kind of go from project to project and each is its own individual thing. Do you have a long view of what it is that you want to do? 
About projects, you mean about um, about the kind of work you or? want to have, about the kind of brand you're trying to build, or anything of that sort. Do you ever think in long form like that? So um, I'm not really good at that. I don't have any <laughs> business plan or thing. Like that. And I'm really bad to think like, oh, what what could it be in ten years? Um, as I said, I think I want to keep it like this way, mm-hmm. which means keeping one of a kind creations mm-hmm. and meeting clients one by one for appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, because why would I change that? Because I'm, I feel so lucky and I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it gave me so many occasions to meet incredible people and to work on exactly what I like. Mm-hmm. So. I've lived in America yeah, too long because for me yeah, now every I know I, I need to go back home because uh, for me now everything is has completely become about commerce especially yeah. since no, moving right. to New York City everything is about like well what is the reason what is the plan why are you doing this what is your ambition you know but actually it's um as I said before I I don't like to to feel stuck mm-hmm. so I don't feel about that because I I as I said, I create one of a kind, so it's always different, mm-hmm. and I always meet new clients, so it's always new experiences, yeah. and so it's always movement, mm-hmm. which I really need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't, and I, I could not like start to create a lot, a lot of people of species, and to not have time to meet everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to have several assistants to meet clients. I, I just want to meet myself and people want to meet me directly because they want this connection yeah. between the yes. designer and, yes. and them because they want it so if they want something special so yeah. we need yeah. to have this talk and uh, but also time share. right like it seems like you knowing a little bit more about your process and knowing your process for mm-hmm. sure like you have time it seems like you're able to create this like okay, I'll make this yeah, for you. Course. Do you put timelines on it or do you just kind of say, I'll let you know when I... About the pieces? Yeah, <laughs> when I get there. So yeah, it takes time and quite often my clients are very respectful about how long will it take. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Mine are not. No, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that's a big Maybe difference. Yeah, a difference. <laughs> that would not work if I, if I was telling them like, okay, five years. No, that yeah. would not work. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. but they are quite... Five years is a little long. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. a little bit. (laughs) But they are very respectful. They are okay to wait if Mm -hmm. the piece at the end will be perfect and will exactly represent them. Yeah. God. Do have you ever run into a roadblock with a client where you're like, I just have no idea what to make for this person? So, actually, that happened twice only, but because. Quite often, like most of the time, I we have a good connection, mm-hmm. and I'm very easy to talk with. I'm very open-minded. That's that's always interesting. And also, sometimes people come with some ideas, and even if it's really far from what I like or something, we will turn in something that will please the client mm-hmm. and me. So that's we always can turn into something very interesting for both. Yeah. Um, but it happened that I met some people. It's really rare like two times uh and just we it didn't work you don't connect we we didn't connect at all um and uh, and just i I can't create when how do you handle that what do you say to them i mean i I stay very i stay very polite of course (laughs) i don't always very lovely when, when you don't feel a connection and when you don't feel that 
it doesn't work. It's hard. I mean, you you can just it's better to say it, and because uh, yes. you know that you will not be able to create something nice. Actually, uh, well, it's like dating. Because it's better I, to just yeah. say it. I mean, yeah. because if I say yes, I will work on something that maybe I will not be really into it, so I will not create something that I really like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the piece will be, I think, not as good as it should. Mm-hmm. And so I prefer to not work on that because mm-hmm. they may, even if I, even if I don't know them well, they, I think everyone deserves, if they want a piece for me, they deserve something very good. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give them something not half fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I prefer really to be on it and to create something perfect. You know what I think is interesting about this from a jewelry perspective is that you, you're not afraid of using non-precious stones. Mm-hmm. Like you've gone, you go everywhere and I think that's what's so interesting and about it. And materials that yeah. aren't of course, that's considered the fine, typically. The stones, mm-hmm. the materials, yeah. Yeah. they are both very interesting and they all have their own characteristics. Yeah. So I use them for that. Mm-hmm. I will choose this stone because of this color or the cut. Right. Or the weight, it really depends. Well, because so many times jewelers are like, oh, well, I only use diamonds, right? And then the price point obviously has to start yeah. at a certain place. But mm-hmm. you are like, oh, I'll yeah, use whatever but, but inspires like, me. And actually the price point can be very different. But like you have emeralds mm-hmm. much more yeah. expensive than diamonds. <laughs> so yeah. It <really> depends. <laughs> but no, no, of course, I love to be very open-minded. And there is so many amazing stones like semi-precious maybe but mm. sometimes precious semi-precious you can right. mix them and the same about materials i'm not stuck with platinum and gold because of course both are very interesting to work mm. with and actually it's really easy to work with gold that's the most simple materials to work with right and well, uh, but um but when i want to work on colors weights when i want some right. big volumes but something very like comfortable to wear mm. of course i have to think in a different way a different mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. but Do that you- offer also so many possibilities and experiences. Yeah, no, that I just you talking about the wearability. Do you think about that often? Of when, when you're yeah, yeah, because when I think about a piece of jewelry, it has to be you. You t- you told that just a bit before. It has to be a beautiful object. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's on the end, it has to be beautiful, but also it has to work perfectly on the body, of course, and it has to be comfortable. I think, mm-hmm. especially high jewelry, you. You have to be able to wear a big piece of jewelry, mm-hmm. uh, but comfortable. Yeah, because you don't, you d- like, for example, a pair of earrings, you just, you don't want to have to remove them during the dinner because it's too heavy. You mm. just want to keep them and... Yeah, wear them all night. Yeah. yeah I appreciate true. you saying that. It's something, it's such a simple statement, but it's one that a lot of people have a tendency to miss. And I used to, I used to work in an art gallery here in mm. New York when I first moved here. I used to work at Jim Kempner Fine Art. And we used to have this conversation with some of the kind of abstract artists who um, came through the gallery. And we had um, one guy in particular who said this to me once, and it was kind of like profound to me at the time. Uh, because I had a very uh, pretentious notion about what makes for like good high art. And uh, he just looked at me one day and he said, yeah, but at the end of the day, I just it, it has to be beautiful. Like no matter what it is, it has to be beautiful. And there's so many designers who don't really work in that fashion about thinking about really creating mm. a genuinely beautiful object they're thinking maybe about the value of a stone right the size Mm -hmm. of a diamond the materials they're using but they're not thinking about creating like in a three-dimensional way a beautiful object because you have people like Mm -hmm. we're gonna cut this out but you have like harwell godfrey her shit is so tacky you know what i mean (laughs) 
Oh, it's yeah, like okay. just a bunch of shit slapped together. I actually I like right, right. I like I the color. You know what I mean? But no, but he, that would be so weird actually to <laughs> to see my clients suffering at the same time they're wearing earrings or something like that. That would be terrible. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. no, no, it has to be. And I love also when I love like to surprise the clients as mm-hmm. well um, mm. when they they are like buying a big pair of earrings like with huge volumes mm-hmm. and they just when they put them on the ears they just don't feel it at all because it's so light mm-hmm. and that's there's so much contrast and that's always surprising and i think when the jewelry is a surprise it's always a good thing also absolutely you I want to surprise that. people yeah. yeah i love that those ceramic pieces are those really light oh yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah. ceramics has, so the aluminum is really light mm-hmm. uh, the okay. ceramics the titanium and the ceramics is a really i love to work with ceramic it's yeah. really beautiful it's really beautiful and uh, I can have this really math effect. I love to create contrast, yeah. like between, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like for example, the sparkle of the stones, and the math of the metal or the ceramic. Mm-hmm. So contrast gives a lot of volumes, gives life to pieces. Yeah. Yes, and and I think also like for example, you're talking about the ceramic. Um, I use them quite often to realize like some flowers, and so it creates a very light pieces piece. But it has to be this way because that would be for me a bit weird like to create a flower which is very heavy. Mm. I mean, the flower, you want something light in the design, but also on the feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's, all, it's all about touching also. I love when people mm-hmm. touch the pieces. There's something, yeah. there's quite a way of sensuality yeah. with jewelry, I of think. Of course. Yeah. And it has to be like it's that. It's on the body. It has. Of, course. of course. And you just, something you touch, it's something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, and like, for example, I just create like some hydrangea earrings with ceramic. Mm-hmm. And there is about to the materials itself but also some details like all the flowers just move a bit they move mm. a bit so there is like really these fresh and natural feelings oh, it has to cool. be some details like that mm-hmm. yeah oh that's amazing i want to come try them all on <laughs> sorry i don't have them anymore <laughs> i want to have something made now i know right <laughs> no. it's really fascinating yeah. thank you yeah would you ever think about going bigger and making sculpture sculptures. Oh, actually, I did some objects oh, already. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. I, uh, as I said, jewelry is an art, so it can be beautiful yeah. objects, and I love this idea. It can be. I love when it's like a precious object. On, yeah, you mm-hmm. can put on the table, and that works yeah. well. And actually, even some brooches I create. Some some clients put them in the middle of the table. Yeah, and it's so chic. It's them. so chic, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do jewelry that has too, to jewelry. work everywhere. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does I have to so. work everywhere. I agree. As I say, it's that. a sculpture, so why not? Yeah, why not? But it has to work also on the body. Yeah. Or when it's definitely objects, then. Yeah. But. So let's talk about who inspires you. Like, are there artists or other jewelers or? So and people there's in general. Few. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in art, uh, there's several. I love kinetic art. For example, I love uh, Bridget Riley's work mm. with his really hypnotic paintings, for example. I love Alexander Calder. I mean, my, mm. my favorite mm. art piece is uh, uh, Mobile from Alexander Calder that I saw actually at the Whitney a few, few oh. years ago. I think it belongs to the Whitney. It's okay. a piece, a white, full white mobile, and which name is Blizzard. Mm-hmm. And so it reminds me, of course, of the winter in the Alps. It creates like a blizzard oh. around you and ah. it's absolutely stunning. Wow. So that I really love. Um, Also, I love land art, like really art in the nature. Like there is the British artist Andy Goldsworthy who created like sculpture in nature. And it's only with natural elements. That's Mm -hmm. what it's about, Mm -hmm. land art. 
and it's so beautiful, so inspiring about the colors, the shapes, and I mean, so, and there's this ephemeral idea that I think is so precious. Who are jewelers who inspire you? About jewelers, um, I will love Art Nouveau, so I love Lalique, René mm -hmm. Lalique's work, mm -hmm. even if I don't use enamel yet, but, uh, I mean, I'm not like yet oh this is exciting yeah. but, um, <laughs> no no I, I have no idea yet but I'm not close okay. but um, Renelli creates something very special very delicate mm -hmm. and his uh, use of enamel plicageur mm -hmm. is really such a special thing very fragile yeah there's um, like life behind that I could see why you were inspired by that work mm -hmm. it's very like yeah very natural inspired yeah. and there's something very abundant we would say in French but like mm so many forms, so many shapes and colors. It's really rich. Yeah. Uh, I love Suzanne Belperon, for example, mm -hmm. as well, because I love how she used like rock crystal. It was really modern and it was, it was such a style. So yeah. for me, it was really I'm interesting. I'm obsessed with her too. I mean, there's beautiful pieces. Yeah. I see, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just went to that studio last week mm -hmm. just to geek out. Of course. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> and also, yeah, there's, so there's about jewelry, high jewelry, but also like the fashion jewelry can be very inspiring as of well. Of course, yeah, yeah. Because I think actually high jewelry and the classic jewelry as we all think about is is really, f is quite often focused about gold, yeah. precious stones, mm -hmm. platinum. Yeah. And the thing is with fashion jewelry, it's really open-minded. So they can yes. use non-precious materials, they can use its strass and things like that, mm -hmm. but they can create big volumes and mm -hmm. Sometimes you can see amazing things seen now. Absolutely. And I know there is like the house, the with, the name is Maison Gossens, based in Paris. And they work, they create like, for example, the Yves Saint Laurent uh, fashion jewelry. Yeah. And it's really nature inspired as well. And it's really, it just, it doesn't have to be precious about materials because if the design is precious itself, that's enough. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. really beautiful, actually. I agree. Yeah, it is really. That's a That's a great example of good fashion jewelry. For a long time. For yeah, a yeah, for a long time, actually. Yeah. Long yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And they create objects, I think, as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, in conversation, people compare you to Jar because oh. you're the future, right? You're <laughs> oh, the no, don't say that. Oh, I no, mean, no. how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm sure that you've had this conversation before. Um, no, I, I respect his work. He's yeah. an amazing artist. I mean, you. And... from what I know, you're very nice. And I've heard... Maybe he's not. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about you Just the as a legendary jeweler. Yeah. Uh, so I think we are all very different and I respect all jewelers' work. And uh, I always say that all jewelers are artists. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they are. Yeah. And, uh, and Joel is, uh, of course, an icon in jewelry and mm -hmm. they love his work. But I think we all are very different and uh, with our own style each. Yeah. And I respect that. But I think that's yeah. also creates so much like profusion in, uh, in jewelry. Yeah. It gives some fresh yeah. hair in jewelry. Well, certainly you ha you're bringing a whole new element to the world. Mm -hmm. I think that idea of like what you're doing on a personal one-on-one -on -one level is probably where a lot of those like um, comparisons come. Yes. But and I think people are more looking for that maybe. Yeah. Yes. Because like, for example, I was, when I was younger, um, of course I've been inspired by all these big brands in Place Vendôme, for example, and they, they have such amazing archives. Mm -hmm. They create such amazing things. And I, I just, um, I want, I know there is like a lot of mass producing mm -hmm. jewelry now. Mm -hmm. And 
me, I know I want to focus on something really more specific and mm-hmm. special for each, like one piece for each person, and that's it. Yeah. Always I, different. I'm just curious. Are you, you keep an archive, I'm guessing, of everything so, you so um, I keep, I mean, I take pictures okay. when I have time. That's what you I need think, to yeah. do this. And also, but <laughs> also like, for example, all the sketches, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that quite often I give them to the to customer. The, yeah. Oh, that's uh-huh. great. Because yeah. I love to, I love to share also with people who will buy a piece of jewelry. I will. Do you keep a copy for yourself? Not always, actually. You should. Yeah, maybe. That's, That's going fine. to be yeah, something but I, 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 Yeah, but I, I like for I maybe I could keep a copy, but I really need to give the original mm-hmm. to the clients because it's huh. so it's a part of the process. Sure. Yeah. And I also love to show them sometimes some picture of the process, like mm-hmm. the the wax sculpting, uh, like so cool. all the yeah. craftsmanship behind because it's they they are interested actually, right. and so, and most of clients in jewelry, jewelry high jewelry, sometimes. They just don't know how how it goes, like how it right. creates. And I think it's a part of the job to explain them how it works, why mm. these stones, why this material, yeah. how do I set the stones and why. Right. It's always interesting. Well, and they're in a relationship with you of course. from that moment, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it has to be this way. Yeah. I mean, from, from my part. Yeah. Because it's... For me, it's what I create is really is special for me, so I want it to be special for them, and mm-hmm. it just it has to be like that. Yeah. Aside from your process and your use of materials, what is it that you think really sets you apart from your peers? Well, like, what do you mean? Sorry. What do you think makes you different from other people in your category? <laughs> in jewelry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got. I have no idea. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we, as I said, we all have our own style. So it's, we all will bring something different. I hope, um, in really the design itself, the materials we used. Uh, I mean, there is, as I said, there is so many profusions mm-hmm. of work in jewelry that there is always new things to create. So I could not explain like what makes me different to another. It's just about. A feeling mm-hmm. and a style, probably, but it's. I'm, I think I'm not the right person to ask. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you this, and you can take this however you like. Uh-huh. And I, I'll say this in the kindest way possible. I don't know you well, but from our conversation today, and just from seeing your work over the years, I would say what to me sets you apart is that kind of um, bright-eyed naivete that you have, which I think Mm. is a wonderful quality in (laughs) any creative. Mm. I think you have to be a little bit um, overly earnest and naive when it comes to producing something really, really special or creating anything at all, really, in any category. Mm. I think that is something that is really special about you and your work and what really, to me, sets you no, apart No, no, I understand. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely not think about the business process at the same time I'm creating. That's for sure. That's yeah, also yeah. why I could not have a marketing team behind me saying, no, no, that doesn't work. The client is not asking for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could not. I really want to keep the most freedom as possible. That's wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's you're really a true artist. Do yeah. you even pay Thank attention you. to what other people are doing in the jewelry field? Yeah, do you watch? Do you keep you an can. eye out? Um, I ke- I'm, I'm very curious, so it's always interesting to mm-hmm. look at, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, have a look. Do you look I, I, Everyone s- is interesting, so of course it's always interesting to keep an eye on that. Sure. Well, sometimes people get, feel so much pressure from that, so I was just curious if you're mm-hmm. like, I don't even... 
No, no. I mean, I look at no. them because I, it's interesting and I'm yeah. very curious about uh, what they're creating, but it's not in the in the competition way or like to make me pressure because yeah. we, as I said, we create so many different things. Do you like to see what others are doing so that you don't repeat? Well, is, I, is that something you ever consider when you're sort of watching the landscape of what's out in jewelry? Do you keep an eye out to maybe, uh, does it help you stay original because you're maybe trying to avoid to do what somebody else is doing? So, that's a good question, actually. Um, That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Why do you think I'm here, Emmanuel? <laughs> um, so, how can I explain? Um, I don't really... Like, for example, if I, have a, if I have an idea, I will not like look if everyone did the same before. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I will try to be careful with that, of course. Of course. Because sometimes you can be inspired by someone and you just forgot mm-hmm. that can happen. Yes. And also we are like with other contemporary jewelers, we are, I mean, living in, at, in the same society in the same mm-hmm. world. So we mm-hmm. can be inspired also by similar things. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't want to compare uh, my work of my inspiration to someone else. I just want to keep it the most pure as possible. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited to see all the projects uh, coming up. Please do send us pictures so we can of share course, with, with pleasure. everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so and much. And we're going to link your work and all the projects that you're working on in the description of the podcast below. Mm-hmm. So you guys can follow those links and see more of Emmanuel Tarpin's work. Yeah, um, this was very inspiring. Mm-hmm. That was the topic, but I feel very, I, I feel, feel good. inspired. Yeah, thank yeah. you. We are all inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yes. Um, so yes, follow us at NYC Jewelry Week. We'll throw up all the links there and also visit us at nycjewelryweek.com. Um, to learn more about our guest today and my co-host Alan and myself, of course. And thank you all for listening. Salut. <laughs> That's it. That was five seconds, right? It's, it's, don't talk until she says you can talk. No, they don't tell us. that We do this every time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they never And then tell we wait us. and they're like, okay, guys. Why are you not talking? Yeah, it's been five seconds. Do you not know how to count five seconds? Was that, that enough was five time seconds. for you, Dominique? <laughs> that was perfect. Okay, great. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> okay. Well, off to such a good start. I know. Okay. Um,